0: Thank you very much, worship team. Thank you very much, Pastor Anthony. Yeah, it's great to be here with you all this evening. I have fond memories of the 5 p.m. service. It's always a quiet, small, intimate group that after that, you know, we linger around. Some people go for dinner together. And yeah, coming back to Amokyo on Mother's Day is especially special for me because I became a mother here. My daughter was born and baptized here in Amokyo Methodist Church. Back then, in the old building, before you have this swanky new place, and uh, worship leader Louis was one of our youths back then when we were here. And look at him now, a father and a scary police officer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So first and foremost, I send you greetings from my family. As you can tell, they are all quite big now. Uh, My daughter is currently in Jerusalem on University Exchange. And my son was here earlier in the morning for both the services to help me with my uh, book table. But, you know, two or of three services is a lot of work for a 17-year-old, so now I rest him. Yeah, uh, My husband is not able to be here with us this evening. Uh, he was also preaching this morning. And so we send you greetings as a family. Before I begin, I want to share with you some resources uh, that I've been able to be a part of uh, or start. And I hope that you will look them up because they may help you in your faith journey as well as in your uh, growth as a person and as a parent. So first up is in uh, 2020, I started a new community called To Really Live. So it's to Live. You can look it up. Uh, but basically, the idea for this community is I think a lot of people are tired of the rat race. We are tired of being stressed all the time. We are tired that our uh, pace of life is so fast. And sometimes we wonder whether there is another way. So this community welcomes people of all faiths. And we just want to engage this question a little bit more, uh, and be more thoughtful about the way we live. And of course, uh, the hope is as Christians in the community, uh, we can bring some of our own stories and own experiences uh, and encounters with God to, you know, to be an encouragement and influence there. So you are welcome to explore. There is no um, cost except to subscribe to the website <laughs> if you want to. Okay. The second uh, resource I have is... Actually, why is the light so bright? Huh? Because it's 5 p.m., is it? That's supposed to be the setting sun or something. It's like, whoa, like, no, I know. So it's just, I cannot see you guys, okay? It's so just too bright over there. <laughs> okay, the second resource is this um, podcast that I was very privileged to be able to uh, produce and host uh, back in 2018-19 uh, with St. Andrew's Cathedral. So it's called the the Cathedral Podcast, and this is a podcast where I talk with subject experts, pastors, and leaders in the city on topics that don't usually get airtime from the pulpit, such as same-sex attraction, uh, justice issues, uh, what's the point of art, uh, is technology neutral, so on and so forth. So if you like to listen to podcasts and these are some issues you'd like to have some thoughts about from a Christian point of view, uh, I encourage you to have a listen. Okay, and uh, check it out. Right, uh, then uh, for, a very, uh, for a very long time I have been writing and a big reason for why I write is because I needed to make sense of things myself. So um, I have, now now that my children are 22, going on 23, and so I have written quite a bit of material on parenting and they are all found in this uh, old blog that I have called uh, Jenny Double blog at Blogspot or Blogger. So if you are looking for um, reflections on parenting uh, that is, is raw, <laughs> because I write about my struggle with PSLE and stuff like that, you know, uh, temper tantrums and, and um, ADHD and stuff like that. So if, if this is what would be helpful for you, you can go and look it up and see whether there's any material there uh, that can be help, uh, encouragement and help to you and to people you know, Okay. So finally, just a few uh, quick words about the books. Um, yeah, so so there is that book called When God Shapes a Wife, which is really the first book I wrote, uh, and it's really about my own journey discovering what God is doing in my life uh, by giving me the privilege of becoming a wife. I mean, not every woman becomes a wife, uh, and I personally wanted to be a wife, but when I became a wife. I realized I didn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> and so I had struggled a lot with it. And uh, although, you know, we are two pastors, there was no heaven on earth for us for a long time. <laughs> so, you know, in the midst of that struggle, I had to go to God in prayer. I had to look in scripture. I had to figure out why I was struggling so hard. And I had to look into my own history. And th- this book uh, came about after many uh, several years of struggle. And God specifically asked me to write it. And I have... Now, this is actually the second edition of the book and some women have read it as a group or as a cell group and it has actually really helped them. So because the book comes with a small group sharing guide, so you may want to consider that. Um, The other two books that also comes with reflection questions are the two discipleship books I've written, "Share Those Leaves and Be Still and Know. "Share Those Leaves is really a book about Jesus' words You know, what did Jesus mean when he said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So I spent the small book just unpacking these words of Jesus. And in doing so, it gives you a little bit of a framework for you to also reflect on your own Christian walk with Jesus and then know at which stage of your walk you're at and where Jesus might be leading you to next. Okay? Be Still and Know is actually a book about solitude and silence. And for those of us who have been walking with God for some time, we know that sometimes our prayers don't seem to go anywhere. you know. And, and sometimes you have no words for what you're going through and, and, and what you want to say to God. Uh, so what do you do in that place where you have no words or when you feel like God is not saying anything to you? So this book explores that place of silence. It encourages you to know what to do and not to panic, uh, but to know how to encounter God in that place. All right? Um, I'm afraid uh, the couple of the, these books sold out this morning, but there is a QR code that will go to an online space so you can place your order and it will be mailed to you. Okay? Finally, uh, there is a parenting book called Simple Tips for Happy Kids. I really encourage you to get that if you have small children, up to preteen, or if you're a grandparent. It's a, it's a research-based book I wrote that talks about the five basic things that every child must have in order to have a solid foundation for life. And I really believe when when God blessed me with children, I was talking to God about what children really need. And I felt God say to me that a child's birthright is to be happy. Uh, But we see today many, many unhappy children, and I think it breaks God's heart. So as a church, as the people of God, I think we need to reclaim this birthright for our children, and we need to know why it's important and how to do it. Okay. Finally, The Seed from Heaven is really a children's book. Okay, so you buy that to read with young children, and uh, it's a, it's a fable, okay, uh, and I wrote it to honour my dear, my good friend, uh, who has two special needs children, and I have watched her struggle and persevere and grow, and, and just really sacrifice herself, and continue to trust God day in, day out, and I wrote that book to honour my friend, and honour my autistic goddaughter, so that's the seed from heaven. Okay. Uh, Before I begin, I just want to say that, you know, this subject that is very close to my heart uh, about parent and parenting, not just mothering. I felt as I was coming to a large family church, I wanted to bring a word that could be meaningful for all of us. So I thought about um, answering a question instead of, you know, giving you know-hows and going back to instead of the methods, the meaning of things. The reason of things. So my sermon today is called Why God Gives Us Children. And because I'm posing this question, I cannot wrangle a passage of scripture and proof text it. So this is not going to be an expository sermon. All right. Instead, it's kind of like a learning journey. I want to take you on with me. All right. And at the end of it, we will be reading some Psalms in response to what we have heard. Are we good with that? Okay. So let's go. Why does God give us children? Why? Uh, to do that, maybe let's start with a small discussion. So this is your, your part, right? I'd like you to turn to the person next to you, okay? And this is what I want you to discuss for one minute, okay? Discuss one to two reasons that you commonly hear for why people have children. Okay, it doesn't matter whether you have children or not, but you probably have heard these reasons, okay? Okay? Uh, So let's go, in one minute just talk to the person next to you Turn around, talk to somebody for one minute One or two reasons you have heard why people have children Then talk to somebody else (laughs) Because there are some uh, young men at the back Okay, if you have nobody to discuss with, or you're too shy, you can think about it yourself, okay? Okay, your one minute is up. All right, let me just quickly list a few common reasons I've heard. And if this is what you shared, you raise your hand, Can? Okay, our first reason is, oh, we've been married for five years now. It's about time. La. How many of you heard that reason before? Or y'all shared that? Don't I have, ah? Oh, I'm startled. Okay, have, have, one person. <laughs> okay, how about this other reason? Uh... You know, we have to have children, uh, so that later there's somebody to look after us when we're old. <laughs> ah, very good. Okay, uh, how about uh, we have to have children because it's a blessing from God. Nah? So we should, we should receive God's blessings, okay. How about uh, we have to do the nation a favor because of falling fertility rates. <laughs> all these sort of reasons, right? You know, we all have very many reasons for the things we do. The th- thing, however, is this. Sometimes we don't think hard enough about whether our reasons are strong enough or deep enough. When the going gets tough, you need a really good reason to stay in the game, to persevere, to keep going, right? Which explains a lot of why relationships and marriages break down today because we have lost our vision of what a holy marriage is about. But that's for a different topic. Okay. So I want you to bear this in mind Because we want to answer this question, why God gives us children. We want to look to God for a deeper and more solid and robust answer. To do that, I have another question for you. Are you ready? This one you don't have to discuss. It's just for you to reflect, okay? Question is this. Do you want to feel that you matter? I'm going to hazard that the answer is yes. No one, none of us wants to be useless, extra, redundant. We all want to feel that we matter. And you know what? Children make you feel that you matter. Has that ever occurred to you? So, you know, you know, if, if a baby is crying, you walk away and you you just abandon it. the baby, will die. You really matter when it comes to children. You know, of all the living creatures on earth, the human baby is practically the most powerless one. Most animals, after a few days or a few weeks, they can get up, they can find food, or they can even defend themselves. But not the human being. For a very long time, the human person is dependent on another human person. Not a robot, eh? Another human person who will care for it and make sure that it is safe, it is fed, and it's growing. God created children to need their parents. This is so commonsensical that sometimes we forget it. Because we live in a society where when become, the moment we become old enough to go to school, all of our attention is diverted away from life, to performance. You are told the time you go to school, you must get good grades so that you will have a good job and you won't end up uh, sweeping the floors and and so on and so forth. And you get the job that according to the economy is now important. So I see a lot of parents sending their children to cybersecurity nowadays. Whether the children are gifted for it is a separate issue. Okay? I just don't think God is so uncreative to create everybody by batch, this batch, should all study this because the economy is like that. But that's how the world operates. We live in a world that is not seeking God. And in many segments of society, it's not even fearing God. So you can imagine the entire system in our world, from our education to our workforce and to everything, is not designed to help you as a Christian be a great Christian. It's designed to challenge you as a Christian to think about what, really matters. What are your values? How do you really see children and old people? They are the two ends of the parentheses of life and we don't really think about them very much except for the fact that, oh man, when they're old, we have to look after them. You know. And in our society right now, it's so common for us to farm out the care of the children and the elderly. It says a lot about what we value. And our society has trained us to believe that we don't have a choice but to do that. And it's true, maybe in some instances we don't have a choice. Okay, let me take that back. We always have a choice, okay? It's like the single superpower all of us have. Turn to your friend and say, you have a superpower, it's called the power of choice. Okay? Children need their parents. The two people who brought them into the world need to be there so that the child will feel safe and secure and be able to face the world. Do you remember that old hymn we used to sing? Uh, How great great to hold a newborn baby and know that the child can face uncertain days because God lives? Remember that song? What's that that hymn, actually? It's an Easter hymn that we always sing. I can't remember. Because he lives, that's right. Good job, Pastor Anthony. Your coffee is (laughs) working. We had coffee earlier, so, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's very important for us as, as children of God, as people of God, as a church, to think really hard about this. Look at the way God has designed a human being to be so dependent. And look at how we are meeting that need adequately so that we are giving our children a solid foundation. Recently, in the Straits Times, there was an article about grandpa- the role of grandparents I sometimes wonder why isn't it the church that's writing these sort of things And telling society You know, grandparents are really important yeah? And we have many doting and devoted grandparents in our midst And it's very powerful I was talking to a new friend I met Who is a grandma uh, And she was sharing with me how heartbroken she is That her children are no longer in church So I said, but God has given you grandchildren, right? And she said, yeah then I said, what do you think God is doing by giving your grandchildren? Then she think, think, think. I said, well, you know, um, you cannot force your children to go to church. But your grandchildren come to you, right? You have spiritual influence over them. You can pray over them. You don't want to tell them things that you know, go against what their parents say, but you can pray over them and you can sow into their lives. And in turn, they will sow into their parents' lives in time to come. You know, God is always wanting us to really come back to the heart of his love for us. And when our our kids need us, and we know many times that we will do a bad job of it, we will bungle up, you know, we will have to touch the place of God's love for us afresh. So, you want to be needed? God gives you children or give you nephews and nieces or give your cell group members children so that you'll be needed. Because we are a village together, a spiritual family, and it takes a village to raise a child. Okay, next question. <clears throat> have you ever next question, Have you ever been sabotaged by your weakness? You know what I mean by that. That means you have certain weakness. Classic case in point weakness is, some of us don't think before we speak. We talk first and we regret what we say. Or some of us are just so easily angry that we are angry first. And most of us, in fact, all of us are probably all impatient, correct? <clears throat> and we will have experienced in our life that some of these weaknesses of ours are so difficult to change. We say, oh God, I'm going to pray for more self-control, pray for more patience, pray to be less angry. And then you find, oh, very hard to change. And you know what? Maybe... As an adult, you try to keep it under wraps quite well. And then boom, God gives you children. Or nephews and nieces. And for some reason, they are really able to draw out your weaknesses. You thought you were really a very, you know, godly person. Then you have children, then you say, How come I'm such a monster? I can think these thoughts. You know. Sometimes we get so mad with our kids, huh? We want to like toss them aside, you know. <laughs> You know, I I know I know I, ch- I check notes with my fellow parents. Huh? I'm a pastor, uh, my missionary friend said, wow, last time the baby cried so much. Huh? I want to throw the baby, you know. <laughs> Scary, huh? But you know, sometimes it really, really reveals our limits and our weaknesses. And it's a good thing. You know why? When children reveal our weaknesses, it's because God wants to do something about it. Not... By our own way of trying to be a stronger and better person But by a different way What is this different way? Listen to what Dr. Laura Markham says Whenever we get triggered We have stumbled on something that needs What's the word? Healing Seriously Anytime your child pushes your buttons He is showing you an unresolved issue From your own childhood from your own childhood. I was telling the earlier service that one of the things that took a while to resolve for me was my own childhood poverty. I grew up in a poor family. We had very little. I don't even remember having my own school bag for a very long time. I can relate with the Jack Neal movie, you know. Uh, it was rough, okay? So when I became a mom, I really struggled with being. Generous with my kids Because I'm like, that's enough huh? Why do you need more, you know And and Then God began to speak to me Reminding me that as a parent I am giving my children The first picture of God Are they going to see a picture of God That is stingy That is calculative But then I think to myself Very hardly Because of this childhood wound that I have And I had to go back journey back into my childhood. And I had to walk through forgiving and going through and coming to God and receiving healing for the wounds of deprivation that I have. And when I'm healed, I am better able to love my children correctly. So just now we came up with a couple of reasons for why we want to have kids. And honestly, those reasons next slide. At the end of the day, create some anxiety. If you say, "I want a kid so that they look after me when when I'm old," okay, and then suddenly you don't know whether they will. <laughs> I mean, my kids and I, I have a great relationship, but even then, someday I'm like, "Gosh, if if I am in a very bad way, it's going to take a very long time," you know. So there is always a measure of anxiety, and that is normal, okay, if it doesn't become paralyzing for you. It will come and go. These anxious thoughts—that's normal. But it's more important for us to lean into God's reasons for giving us children. Again, whether it's your own or children, he's put in the community or put close to you. And God's reasons are always that he wants us to be whole. He wants you to look at your weakness and turn to him for healing. He wants you to look at your sinfulness and turn to him for grace, to be transformed and to be holy in his eyes. Because that's what he wants for us. Because God knows that when we are being made whole, more and more as we age. That's why growing old is a great thing. Somebody say hallelujah. Because as you grow old, you grow more whole, you grow more holy, you grow more glorious. As long as you walk closely with God and let him lovingly have his way with you. That's what it means to grow old gracefully. God gives us children so that we can see our brokenness, our sinfulness, and turn to him to be healed, to be made whole, to rise up with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, with the presence of Christ in our lives and in our relationships. Look at this picture. (laughs) When I first saw this picture, I thought it was such a fascinating picture. Hmm, hmm. On multiple levels, I like this picture First, I like the fact that the whale is trying to fly Which some parents feel like we are trying to do like that, you know I tell you, when my my kids started going to school I felt like I'm I'm a whale who has to fly Because my admin is like down there And school is very complicated nowadays So many letters, so many emails, so many events, you know Then I'm like, wow, very mafan, you know (laughs) And thousands of other one things, right? That you have to cope with But of course sometimes you also end up trying to be the whale Because we are trying to catch up with What every other parent is doing And that may not be necessary So we need some wisdom there But I also like this picture Because I like the little boy in the airplane With his teddy bear behind He's so engrossed in flying the plane In doing his thing He doesn't realise he's not the one flying the plane <laughs> It's the whale that is suspending the plane, right? And I don't know what this picture evokes in you. It, it, it can mean so many things, a picture. But I like that the child is very happy, very safe, really, really enjoying himself. He has no fear of the heights. has no fear of anything. He was just fully in enjoyment, delight mode. And I always think that's the picture God wants for all of his children. The really small ones as well as the really old ones. Because we are all God's children, right? God has no grandchildren. It reminds me of what Jesus did when the disciples were trying to say, Hey, children, very mafana, don't let them in the worship service. Very noisy. You know. Rabbi is speaking, children keep quiet. Then Jesus said, You all got it all wrong. He purposely take the child. Scripture says he set the child, that means he hold the child and put him in the midst of the adults and say, Look at this child. In fact, if you don't become like this child, you will have no part in the kingdom of God. A real slap in the face, right? For all of us, well-ordered, thinking that we are now a dog, we know better kind of thing. Uh -uh. The kingdom of God is like a whale that can fly. It is not of this world. It's an amazing new thing that God is doing. The kingdom of God is like children lost in the joy and the love of their heavenly father. Unafraid of new heights. And God gives us children to bring us nearer to the kingdom of God. To his way of doing things. To his way of seeing people. To his way of loving. That can be very powerful, sacrificial and transforming. Now I know parenting is hard. Okay? When they are young, sometimes they can be very difficult. Uh, I still remember both my children, for some reason, didn't like to eat. And you know, feeding children when they don't like to eat can become a one and a half hour thing. And I'm like, what do I do now? I need to go prepare sermon. <laughs> I used to joke that I nearly burn out from trying to feed my children. They were they were good, otherwise you just didn't want to eat, you know. And then you're worried, well, if they don't eat, they become skinny. And then you think, you think of a thousand and one problems with them, right? And then when they are teenagers, they slam the door at you. They disagree with you. Why? Why can't I wear this? You know? They don't see eye to eye with you. They question a lot of things. They question your faith. They question your decisions. They, you know, My children said to me, you know, actually, if I was born in Afghanistan, I would be a Muslim, right, mom? I said, yeah, probably. <laughs> but thank God you were not. God has his reasons. <laughs> you know, and Then you have to have all these very difficult conversations with them. You know, I remember t- asking my children also how they felt being children of pastors. Because they they didn't volunteer for the job, you know. Children of pastors have a slightly difficult time. You know that. They can be very loved, but they can feel very watched by the by the congregation. And by their peers. Sometimes when their friends find out, oh, you're a pastor's kid. They set a very high bar for them. They tease them in school. My kids tell me when they come back from school, that's what they get. And more and more, our Christian children will find this sort of thing as the world moves towards cultural narratives that are more and more against God, greater and greater lawlessness. So we have a lot of growing to do. But God knows that whales can fly. So you and I can do this. Third question I want to ask you is this. We talked about, do you want to feel that you matter? Have you ever been touched by your weakness and by giving us children... God meets those needs? Are you longing for something more in your life? Are you longing to touch eternity? And I know the answer is yes, because God has put eternity in our hearts. We want to do something that means something and that lasts, a legacy. And again, children are a legacy. Your career will not last very long. Somebody else will take a job and maybe do a better job of it. AI may even overtake your job, right? But nobody else can raise your children. The children given to your cell group or your family or your extended family. And people, humans, are eternal. Nothing else is eternal except the Word of God and the human beings created by God. Okay, animals are a debate for another time, okay? (laughs) I think cats go to heaven. Uh, those of you who are dog lovers, okay, dogs also go to heaven. But I don't know whether they're eternal. Or okay? <laughs> but you know, God gives us children as a gift and as a trust. And God says, I trust you enough to give you this child. And I know it's a very complicated thing when sometimes we think about children that are birthed out of wedlock or out of difficult situations or out of crime even. But I think it's still the same. When God allows life to triumph over death, God is trying to say something to the world, that life is greater and more powerful than death. And God is inviting us to stand on the side of life, nourish it, protect it, nurture it, grow it, celebrate it. And one of the ways God does that is give us children. Give us children to say, I have not done with you yet. I've given you a young child because I can see you still need to grow. I've given you an, a young adult child because I can see you still need healing in your life. And you know, as I, even as I reflect on this sermon, I realize that our Heavenly Father loves us so much that He never gives up on us. He never. And generation after generation, He continues to bless us with children, even though fertility rates are dropping for good reason, uh, for understandable reasons rather. But every child is so precious, is God saying yes to life, yes to giving us a second chance, yes to our growth, yes to our healing, yes to our future as a species and as a society? We need to say yes to God's Yes. Being a parent can be, you know, normal. It can be extremely difficult. Some children are very difficult. And being a parent can be very different. Sometimes you find, uh, find out that you are a single parent for reasons you would rather not choose, but sometimes you need to get out of a relationship and then you end up in that situation. Parenting can be full-term. You could carry your baby and birth your child and have the joy of receiving your child, but sometimes parenting is short-term. That doesn't happen. In all of these scenarios, God has still entrusted for a season a life to you. And God says, steward that life. Love it, cherish it, and take good care of it. Don't listen to the voices of the world and neglect the life that I've given to you. Don't let someone else take care of that life when I've given that life to you. Don't let someone else Be the parent When you are the parent So children are a knot to life Children is God In heaven being very happy And saying yes This is what I'm about I'm about life I'm about life Life here, life eternal Life that flourishes, life that grows Life that is glorious That is kingdom That exalts my holy name Children are a prod to growth. Next slide yes. Once children are in our midst, we have to grow. we have to grow to be more patient, we have to grow to be more understanding, we have to learn to slow down for them. You cannot ask a child to rush according to your timetable because they don't work at that speed and it's unkind to expect them to. We'll just keep the next slide. And so, as Christians, we say children are a blessing, and we believe it for very good and very deep reasons—not those that we discussed at the start, but these. Because children protect us and keep us from losing sight of what truly matters. If we really, really look at our children and love them and make sacrifices. The right kind of sacrifices for them. We will lay hold of what is truly important. They will train us toward maturity. They will train us toward maturity. That is why I say my favourite role is being a mom. It grows me in so many ways. In order to care for my kids, I have to do so much research, you know. I have to learn about this, I have to learn about that, you know. I still remember when my son was what, I think five or six. I thought, wow, boy, uh, very different. No? Girl, very easy, ma. Just go to the park, play, look at flowers, very happy. And boy, ayo, so much energy. Then I brought him to a robotics event. Wow. It's not my cup of tea. Uh. So I stretched. I brought him all the way to the Bay Area. Then we watched these international robots fighting each other, no war, no robotics like gladiators, but all metal one. And... Wow, so fun. Eh. <laughs> I was, I was quite shocked that I thought, you know, I'm, I'm very anti-violence, but I was quite shocked that it's actually quite enjoyable. And to this day, it remains a very precious memory for the two of us that I was willing to do that, you know, step out of my comfort zone. In the same way for my husband too, I, I, I still remember encouraging him to do this father-daughter, father-son thing. And usually their activities is like camping somewhere and all that, which is, you know, my husband likes aircon rooms. Uh, uh, comfortable, no mosquitoes involved is best. Uh, but, you know, he... For the sake of his children, he was willing, he did that, you know. And it really, it really did marvellous things. Because when our children see that we are willing to do hard things, and you know what, children are very smart. They know that it's hard for you. Lah. They can tell. But that's precisely when they see, oh gosh, my parents love me so much. They did these things that ordinarily they wouldn't do. You know, your, your children can tell when you're making sacrifices for them. They can tell. And you know, the best way we can encourage our children to grow is to model that growing is a good thing. But, you know, in modern parlance, is called the growth mindset. Have a mindset of growth. They invite us to deepen our faith. I tell you, my children and your children, they have so many questions nowadays in the world. You know, they will ask you at some point, if you give them a chance and you create a safe enough environment, they will ask you, how do we know the Bible is the Word of God? Then you've got to go and scramble, or go online, talk to pastor entity. Pastor can teach us some apologetics, sorry, I don't mean to give him more work. But, you know, that, that kind of thing. Or just in your cell group, you can study together. You know, And it may not be your children, it may be, you know, the younger children, you want to come alongside the younger parents to support them. And some of you are very good at this, so you can come alongside and support them. But they will make you deepen your faith. Isn't that a good thing? Would you like to have a flimsy faith that just, oh, I just go to church, say my prayers, as long as I don't offend God. Friend, that is not a rich faith. That is not what Christ died to give you, okay? Christ died to give you a lot more, a whole lot more. So your children will draw that out of you, if you let them. They will also call you to explore the fullness of life. There are so many, there is so much more to life than the one you know. You were raised a particular way by your family, and then your spouse is raised a particular way by your family. You add your DNA together, and then your children will be different from the two of you. Correct? And you're, as a family, you have to decide, what is our family way? It will be different from your family of origin. I cannot repeat what my family does for my current family. In fact, my children will tell me, Mom, we can't do this what you used to do with your siblings. Huh? you know." They are so... you know, Because I, my family is like very chaotic and, and talk all the time. But, you see, my husband is introvert, so now we're kind of like in in the middle space. And now that my children are old enough, they can give me this kind of feedback. You know, you get a chance to explore more of life and decide on a family culture, a family way for yourself. And it's very exciting, because you're not doing this on your own. Most of all, you must remember that you're doing this with your Heavenly Father watching over you, who is making you whole and making you holy in the process. Finally, children need us to live out kingdom truth. They need us to not just talk about it, but to live it out. To live out what it means to have a king in our life that we submit to, that we obey, even at high cost. A king that we adore and worship. A king that we love. A king that loves us deeply, tenderly, patiently, and persistently. This is our God. Your children are a great blessing to you. God gave them to you for these reasons. Would you embrace the reasons that God has for giving you these children, whether your children are right by your side or far away because of circumstances? Don't lose sight of why God gave them to you. Lay hold of it and let God do the work in your life And because of the work in your life, the work in their life, and you would be sending something into eternity that lasts. As we close, let us read together these two selections from Psalm 103 and Psalm 113. Shall we read together? 1, 2, 3. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who looks far down to the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust, he lifts the needy from the garbage heap, to seat them with noblemen, with the noblemen of his people. He has the infertile woman, Live in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Finally, I want to share with you a little prayer poem that I hope you would use for yourself in a few moments as I close. And it goes like this. Take me as high as you want me to go, Lord. Imagine that picture of the whale. And make me whatever you want me to be. Lift me above my own narrow horizon that I might fulfill your true vision of me. I invite you to spend a few moments with the Lord in prayer yourself before I close in prayer. Almighty God, who is the source of life, we thank you for reminding us and inviting us this evening to choose life over all the other things that the world entices and distracts us with. Your scripture says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Create in us a clean heart and place your spirit afresh in us that we may choose your way of life for ourselves. No matter what situation we are in and what struggles we have with our children or the children around us, help us to look to you and find the way of life that is found there. That invitation from you to heal and to grow. And I pray, God, that you will help us to embrace, to accept, to love our children, to care, to protect and to nurture them the way you have called us to. Because when we really put our heart into that, we will touch the Kingdom of God and we will be transformed and taste what it is like to be children of a perfect Heavenly Father. We thank you for the immense privilege of stewarding lives that you have entrusted to us. Indeed Lord, forgive us for the times when we have taken this responsibility and privilege lightly, for the times that we may have squandered it, we know that you are God of forgiveness, and that you give us new mercies to do it better tomorrow, to do it better even tonight. We give you thanks that you are God who hears our cries and our prayers, and you are patient with us and present with us in all of our parenting. Thank you, God. Above all, that you are our Heavenly Father who loves us, who loves us without measure, who is the safe person that we can always turn to, no matter what our own parents have been like. Lord, you can make us whole again and you can help us to love well the children you give to us. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.